You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 115 of the St. Julian Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by, and only joined by, Dakota Davis. Today's episode features the two of us. This is an old school style episode. If you were around for the early days of Boss Hog of Liberty, then you might remember the days where it was just Jeremiah and myself sitting around his kitchen table and talking into microphones. And that is... Pretty much what today's show is, except we're no longer around the kitchen table. We are still at the beautiful studio in downtown Newcastle. We're going to talk about a whole lot of things today, uh, but we're not really sure what we're going to talk about. It's a, this is a very free-form episode. You have some uh, scribbles written down on a sheet of paper about Greg Pence and uh, some uh, wind energy-type deals and Fair Oaks Dairy Farms, all kinds of different things that have been in the news, uh, some pertaining to just East Central Indiana and some of them pertaining to our national audience. Are so, you going to try to steal from me? This is These were my notes I made. Well, you, yeah. You I, didn't make any notes this week. I might. So There's I, a couple of things that I had in my head that I wanted to talk about, but uh, you already have these notes written down, so <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. There we go. Well, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's about us. It's a me show. It's an us show. Uh, and you guys in the audience are us too. Uh, we are here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll just make you laugh. Hopefully you always learn something new. We do want to thank everybody in the uh, in the Patreon group. You just got a few, uh, a few minutes of uh, just Dakota and I uh, vamping, uh, talking about our weekends and some of the stuff we got into. Uh, need to thank the uh, the Patreon donors. That's right. We need to say thank you to all the people that pay the bills around this place and make sure that we still have a podcast every single week. And if you donate $50 or more a month, then you get a special shout out on each episode. And those folks are Christopher Bilbrey, Brantley Spicer, Christy Avery, Jonathan Phillips, and of course, our friend down in Hawaii, Craig DaCosta. If you don't want to join the Patreon, then we have a lot of other options that you can support the show, uh, such as the Amazon wishlist. Our T-chip stores at BHOL1, BHOL2, and BHOL3. And then we also have a GoFundMe page set up so that we can get some new camera equipment. And we have multiple different angles, which uh, might not be that great for this show. But whenever we get to candidate episodes and we have uh, candidates that are having discussions with each other in the fall time and next year in the 2020 election, um, maybe you'll be able to see like... Pete Buttigieg over here in this chair and then like Andrew Yang in this chair hashing it out with each other and talking about their issues. Who knows? Who knows where we'll be in 2020, Jeremiah? But if you want to support the show and help us get there, then you can uh, go to the GoFundMe page and donate to our camera equipment uh, setup. So um, is is there a website you can go to to order a producer? Because... (laughs) <laughs> you, you seem to be the guy that's had to uh that had to do it all tonight been running around uh yeah our producer our regular producer chris guffey uh he's also running for city council in ward three in newcastle indiana 
he's he's got his candidate hat on tonight, so he wasn't able to make it to the show. I always feared this day would happen. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> Listen, we we promised him that we might not be able to pay him to do the producer's job. We, but if he ever need, was looking for a job, then he could put down audio and visual engineer and put us both down as references. I don't know if that can happen anymore. It's a, it's a little questionable now. I don't know. Uh, you can always email us as well. So we do have email. Dakota right. at BossHogOfLiberty.com. Jeremiah at BossHogOfLiberty.com. Uh, got an email this week from Vincent Peichel. And I, or if you remember about three weeks ago or so, I said we, were, we had Sean Rao on. Right. And I, I made a joke about the stand-up philosopher. And I said, I don't know. I don't care who you are, what you're doing right now. I want you to stop your car. I want you to email me and tell me you understood that joke. Vincent did it. Vincent did. He said, incurring minor embarrassment at work, I legitimately chuckled out loud at your stand-up philosopher reference. I love Mel Brooks films, especially History of the World Part 1. The unemployment line might be one of the best gags. I wish they made a part two, but I'm guessing that was part of the joke too. Anyway, I'm 33 and from Minnesota. If you want to throw some demographics on me, thanks for your time. All the best, Vincent. So there we go. Vincent, in uh, I, I did a little research, in Shakopee, Minnesota, which is the uh, Minneapolis area. So creepy. Is, I, glad, I, that, <laughs> glad that we can be in your ear holes, Vincent. That's, that's right. I'm, but I'm, it's I, I told you and, and Sean and others, I, I'm absolutely blown away at the reach of this program and where people listen to us from. Yep. Hawaii to Minnesota to Henry County, Indiana. Just It just never stops. Um, that, that That is never more true than whenever you get an email from someone from Minnesota. It's, I want to it go is fishing amazing. I love, I love this, uh, love this podcast for so many reasons, but the emails are definitely gratifying for sure. Uh, so, and then, uh, Cade, apparently we're in a drought condition now and they're finally right. able to get out in the fields. Thank God for the farmers being able to get out there. I think about, uh, a little over a third of the Indiana corn crop is finally in, but it's supposed to be about all in by now. We're in this, the we're finishing up the first week <laughs> yeah. of June and they're finally getting to, to, to the plant. Right. Uh, they're running out of time on the, uh, the old, Farmers insurance, right? So, so we two, are two, farmers. This, this year, this week, two years ago, they were doing the replant. Yeah. Uh, this week, a year ago, you and I were at my bachelor party in Nashville, yes. Tennessee. The Facebook timeline was uh, was very full. New York as well. Mar- my aunt Martha Hebert is watching as well in Messina, New York. So coast to coast, you've got the uh, ocean to ocean uh, consistently. We're all over the place. Um, but a year ago, we were in Nashville, and Cade was like very, very hesitant to RSVP yes to that because he was like, if we have to replant, it'll be then. Be, that's when we, I listen, man. You you did you set the camera up and you 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 have it all jacked up. You set it off to the side. I'm barely in the shot, and now you're now he's gotten up and walked away. So yeah, this time this time a year ago, we were worried about Cade being able to make it because he was concerned about having to do replant. And here they are with a third of the corn crop in the field. So no Cade tonight. Danny's off coaching T-ball. Chase is throwing chickens in the fryer or whatever the hell he does now. He works for Lee's Chicken, right? Or KFC? I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. He's he's feeding America. And then uh, Mason quit this week. I don't know what happened there. So yeah, it's us, our intern. So you are you're doing double duty. It's this is like the old days. I didn't mind running the being our own producer back in the day, but Guffy's been so good for so long. It's that it. we moved all of the controls to the other side of the room, <laughs> and I can't do anything if I wanted to. There are two control stations now. The The audio sa- side of the room is uh, the, five feet to the camera's left, and then the visual equipment is about 10 feet right across from us. So it's a, 
Uh, we honestly, we honestly, at this point, this show were probably to, to be at full peak needs like four people in chairs on the air and, mm-hmm. a, and, a, and an audio and a video producer. That's right. We and need, instead we need. it's a two man show. Yep. We could, uh, the week, the week, we, the, the second week we're off the Mevo where we could be a one man band. We've gone to the most complicated setup ever. And it's just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's true. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I can barely, I can barely pat my head and rub my belly at the same time. So, uh, yeah, Libby Potter is in the chat and wants to know where Sarah and Audrey are. I assume your wife is at work, uh, paying, just, paying the bills. I just don't think they love us enough. And uh, Sarah was <laughs> Sarah loved us enough to make us dinner, but then she chose to feed the dogs instead of hanging out with us. Uh, <clears throat> Riley ate his last meal tonight, and uh, if we don't get, uh, it's not that severe. I'm just saying <laughs> we ran out of dog food. If uh, if, if we didn't go to the rural King Kroger or Walmart, uh, he just wouldn't look at us the same tomorrow. You you guys should sign up on chewy.com and have your, is that what you do? Yeah, that's what we do. The UPS guy hates me enough already. That's the last thing I need is to deliver 50 pound bags of dog food. Uh, every two weeks. Is there, yeah, is there a, a, is there a read for chewy.com? Could they be a sponsor? Maybe I can convince me, man. Uh, Maybe we will sign up for chewy. They're, they're the same price as a grocery store. Um, is it tax free or tax it. deferred where you just pay the use tax later? Wink, wink, mm-hmm. Eric Holcomb. We, uh, we love them because you don't have to mess with it at the grocery. It's the same price and they're really nice people. For Daisy's birthday, yeah, they sent her a hand, a handwritten card oh. in the mail and said, Happy birthday, Daisy. This, your friend, love this, your friends at Chewy. Have you, uh, have you told the people at Chewy about, about what happened? To to Daisy, what happened to what Daisy? About to Dodger, did Dodger was Dodger? Oh, in no, the club Dodger too? wasn't on Chewy. Oh, he had he had BarkBox, and we did yeah. get a card that said, uh, "Sorry for your loss." From, oh, really? From you just Bark go on the Box. website and you mark this. I'm sorry it happened. Yeah, we have. Well, I mean, we unsubscribed. It was like, uh, but then we subscribed again. And you checked the box saying, "Uh, he's gone." Yeah, well, that's that is sad. sad. That is sad. All right, so a couple of a uh, couple of things. There's a state senator, a guy named Jim Merritt, Senator Jim Merritt. Republican from Indianapolis, uh, and I think he's the chairman of the uh, Marion County, which is the big center of Indianapolis, the uh, center of Indiana, the biggest county, the county, the state capital. He's the Republican chairman, been in the Senate a long time. Our friend Rob Kendall hosts or co-hosts uh, Capital Happenings with him, and uh, Jim is running for mayor of Indianapolis. Yes, in as the a last, Republican. In the, as a Republican, obviously, the Republican chairman would probably, uh, if he's running for mayor, yeah. would probably do it as a Republican. Well, it's important to note that the current uh, mayor of Indianapolis is a Pothole Joe, Democrat Pothole yeah. Joe. Joe friend, friend of the family, but uh, we're big fans of Pothole Joe, uh, Rushville ties, and uh, very close to the uh, Potter Moral family. So uh, all, all the best for Pothole Joe. Uh, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so Jim is uh, Jim's running in that race. Uh, and he, all of a sudden, it, it, it has become in vogue to uh, to march in the pride parade. Yes. Back in the day, when I went in the pride parade in 20, uh, 2016 with uh, with Rex Bell running for governor, uh, a Republican wouldn't dare show their face. But now, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's in vogue. Now everyone's everybody everybody, everybody loves the rainbow colors, mm-hmm. and uh, Republicans want to to march in it. Apparently, there was this big scandal fallout where he said he's going to come, and he said he's not welcome. Yep, which. I'm going to be yeah, honest. The, That's the, kind of bad form. The organizers of the Pride Parade said, sorry, Jim Merritt, you're no longer welcome to march in the Pride Parade anymore because of your history voting against LGBTQ 
uh, IA plus people in the Indiana State House, such as like the religious freedom. He voted for uh, Riffra, which created yeah. the uh, first church of cannabis. Right. If you want to know about that, go listen to episode one of Boss Hog Liberty. If you want to go real old school, <laughs> your your wife is a devout follower. Yeah, she uh, she went to a service at the First Church of Cannabis. Uh, but anyway, they they said, nope, sorry, Jim, you're not allowed, which seems weird. Does it's, not feel very he, inclusive, does it? He is the uh, the executive branch of the city in which the Pride Parade takes place. Well, he would be, should he win. On public streets, right? Well, I guess he's the executive of the Republican Party. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Should have been more clear. But he's a state senator for the city and, as well. He is uh, apparently uh, some people that have this arbitrary power of organizing a a parade to get to tell who is and who is not allowed on public property. So <laughs> like, what? So so Merritt has uh, has had I'd all say this he crashes it. Just he's, had, it. he's had all this pressure, and now allegedly he's not going to do it. But he was invited. Uh, another guy that's been on the show, Brad Klopfenstein, uh, hung out with us. Uh, back in the uh, congressional series, and uh, he manages the Antelope Club. And you check the Indy Star today, and he said, "Well, Jim's a member of the Antelope Club in Indianapolis. He's uh, he's welcome to march with us. Uh, he put on our T-shirt, and he'd be an Antelope Club member and walk, no problem at all." Did I do it again? Yep. Always unplugging my headphones. I don't know what you were doing, but yeah, he's. Uh, I'm changing my pants live on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, producer Chris does all it for of, me. But. All of our audio listeners just went. <laughs> Wow, glad I didn't watch the video. <laughs> it's a lie. It's not true. It's not true. I was just adjusting my shoe. I had something. I've got something in my shoe, and I don't know what it is. You know the real, the real, tr- the thing I'm worried about the most right now on the show. What? Honestly, sometimes, sometimes this is a secret. It's secret time, everybody. It's like Burt Kreischer's here. What Dakota or I will sneak away mm-hmm. from time to time because Occasionally. we. Dakota's got the bladder of an acorn, and mm-hmm. sometimes I've just, you know, I've been on the road all day, and I just keep drinking water, trying to stay hydrated. Yep. So we'll sneak away and have to go to the bathroom. If I go right now, can you hold the show together for the 40 to forty seconds to, to three minutes that it would take? Uh, I'm what would be, happen? And how I would I be fine. I could, I could hold the show together and just talk about Greg Pence for a minute, but... We just started like 10 minutes ago. I know, I'm just asking. I'm just, I'm literally just wondering at some point if this happens. I'm not worried about it now. I'm just, I'm creating suspense. Have you you been in this industry long? You've got to have a tease. Uh, uh, Yeah, I could do it. I'm not worried about it. You think so? Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, what Jim Merritt, should he, should he get banned from the pride parade for past votes? I don't Or should, or should these people be like, yes, we would love to have you. Let's set the precedent that everybody comes and does this thing. I saw an article in the Indianapolis Star that said that uh, Jim Merritt apologized for his vote with Rifra to try to get back into the good graces of the LGBTQIA plus community. I think I'm getting how many right, letters right? do they need? I, I I'm just I, I'm I'm all lesbian, about. gay, bisexual, transsexual, uh, queer, intersex, asexual. What's the plus? plus? Uh, Anything else? That's the pansexual. I, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm straight white male. I'm not totally versed up in all the lingo, but it's a whole community. I'm sure that someone else that's listening could could tell us. I I just don't know. I I know the main the main six. I only know the t- first four. The LGBTQ, yeah. LGBTQ five five. That's a seven. 
I know seven. Eight. <sighs> I'm old school. Count pan. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't totally understand all of the differences between some of them. Uh, but, you know, people can do whatever they want. I feel like maybe you need to make a handy graphic or something to explain <laughs> explain where the parts go and how the how how all the because I that seems like an, like you need an advanced engineering degree to understand. Ah, is there an infographic? If somebody has an infographic, please email it to Dakota at bossagerliberty.com. <laughs> I'm sure there's infographics all over the internet that explains every single preferably uh, different acronym. Uh, I just know prefer- LGBTQIA plus, <laughs> and then the only plus I know is. Um, Flex hetero. What the hell is that? And pansexual. Flex hetero means like you're ninety percent straight, but like ten percent. Is that like after three beers you change your mind? What's that mean? <laughs> I don't know, but I know it's a thing. I I just learned it this week. I heard it for the first time on a podcast. As someone someone described themselves as flex hetero, and I was like. What in the world is that? So I looked it up, and that's that's what it means. The Urban Dictionary definition was ninety percent straight, ten percent which, gay. Which category are you in? I would I I would guess I'm a hundred percent straight. <laughs> there's no flex. I, I don't You're not think like a WRT flex. in fantasy football. Where I'm no. a wide receiver, but then sometimes I could get points <laughs> as a running back. No, I I I think I'm a hundred percent straight at this point. I'm I've made up my mind. I'm married to a woman. Yes. Quite, quite committed. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I was in your wedding. You were in mine. We move on. All right. <laughs> so, speaking of uh, of Pride Month, Greg Pence was in town, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, Greg Pence. Uh, Greg Pence said that he was. Uh, I saw on his Facebook page. I'm sure that he's not the one that's posting on all of his social media. He has a lady do that for him. I'm sure. So I made the joke because we heard. Uh, I think we heard. Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, that Greg Pence is coming to town. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, over the course of this, uh, over, the, over the course of 2018 and now into 2019, literally every damn time Greg Pence is coming to town, I'm out of town. I'm in Washington yep, yep. when he's in our town. He's in Muncie. I'm in Washington. Uh, I'm I'm in Louisville and hey, Greg Pence is coming to Newcastle. And uh, Chris, well, semi uh, part-time producer Chris Guffey. Uh, sent us a picture of his social media page. He was going to go. Guffy and, was going to try to go. Like, he's like, who's free Thursday to go meet Greg Pence? And uh, nobody could make it. You were going to be in a bucket truck and I was going to be south. I was going to be in Dixie. Correct. And we we're like, uh, you know, no big deal. But then uh, his Democrat competition, Janine Lee Lake, I saw today, she posted. She uh, showed up. She was like, I was there. I went. and It was she, at the Henry County Library. She went with some uh, folks from the Moms Demand Action uh, pro-gun control group, and they wanted to speak to Greg Pence about some issues that are important to them, and uh, he's not there. He's not at his own open house and constituent meet and greet. Um what? <laughs> he did they did they ever announce that he was coming, or was it just implied that hey, Greg Pence is yeah, having an open house? It just implied, hey, uh, there's a constituent meet and greet and open house uh, for the people who I represent. So you would think that the man who's representing these people with the questions and concerns would be there himself. No, he he had some people that were wearing his logo on their polos, right? So he wasn't actually there. Who knows where he was at? He might have been with with Trump in uh, the UK, for all I know. 
Was he? Does he get to go on trips with, does he get some special privileges since his uh, brother is I, the vice president? I mean, I think, I think they can fly any member of Congress on a, on an official uh, tour or junket, whatever, if they want to. They can. Uh, it's entirely plausible. Uh, the, uh, the campaign page uh, made a D-Day post today, but nothing else. The official congressman, Greg Pence, uh, our staff was happy to help constituents today and they took a photograph, but, uh, yeah, it just says my staff. Did they delete my the staff. post after the, he was like, he's like, Oh, that was Thursday. <laughs> I had a lunch meeting Thursday. I can't miss that. And they were like, yeah, well, I guess in reality it's, uh, technically they didn't say, I'm not coming. He said <laughs> June 4th at 9:24 a.m. Mm-hmm. U.S. Representative Greg Pence announced one of my top priorities is constituent services. Join us, us, us. which would imply you and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For community office hours this Thursday in Newcastle, 11 to 1. Community office hours hosted by the office of U.S. Congressman Greg Pence, but the the text for U.S. Congressman Greg Pence is like 90-point font, yeah. and the hosted by the office of is like 10-point font. Between the two things... <laughs> you got to read the fine print. Like community office hours, look, U.S. Congressman Greg Pence. Look between the lines. Actually, uh, he'll send somebody. Help us. Help with the federal agency, military act, academy nominations, commendations and greetings, grant applications. If you need a flag or a tour and a ticket, you come to this. Doesn't say anything about a photo or an actual meeting with congressmen. So, uh, you know, I, I guess technically. Um, I'm glad I didn't skip. I'm glad I didn't take on, a vacation day. Uh, yeah. Go, right. Um, I'm sorry. I need to leave work early so that I can go meet the congressman Greg Pence and take the Zoom recorder. You show up and he's not even freaking there. I would have been so mad. <laughs> I would have been, I would have been calling his office later. Maybe we need an official, another official request. Yeah, we probably should. See if he'll come on. Now that you're elected, you have nothing to fear. Please come on the boss of Liberty. I feel like all of Newcastle got slighted. Not just because, listen, it, it's not unreasonable. When Greg, Even when, when, the people in Montana got slighted. When, when Greg Pence's brother, Mike mm-hmm. Pence, was congressman, he had town halls at the library in Newcastle. He would come to our community and he had town halls here. It would not have been out of the question to have expected him to have come in person. Yep. He should have been here. Dear, dear people of Henry County and people of Indiana. I just want you to send an email. My fellow Hoosiers. And say, what the hell? Yeah. False, false advertisement. This is, this doesn't feel right. At least to me. That said, I was in Kentucky anyway, but I feel bad for the people that showed up thinking they were going to get a, get an audience with the congressman. Yeah. I would have been really mad. So, uh, I, I, we've, I would, we've, I, we've studied if, this, if we've I watched had, this, and it's. I I want more than a photo op congressman. That's basically right. the situation. Is I want I want somebody that's actually going to be invested in the community, show up, talk to people, not come through just at campaign time, but actually have somebody that wants to have a relationship with the community. If I, if and I, I had gone, really I would have been ranting a whole lot more right now. Yeah, uh, that's just a crappy move to pull. 
Like you're going to, you're going to say that constituent services is your top priority and you're going to send some no name staff that you pay. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to be hour. mad at the staff. The staff, I'm not it, mad at the staff. I'm mad at him for s- sending them in his place. Whenever he says that it's his top priority to serve his constituents, you're not serving your constituents. You're passing your dirty laundry onto your staffers that work for you in Washington, DC. It's a crappy move. Okay. All right. You feel better? I guess Greg Pence is a liar now, too. Guess what, Greg? <laughs> You're on the list. <laughs> Who's on your list of liars? <laughs> Let's not get into it. Let's move on to wind energy, if we're not already controversial enough. So Let's talk about windmills. So this week, uh, there was an application received, uh, I believe on Wednesday, for, yeah. uh, at the uh, Henry County Courthouse, the uh, the Planning Commission, their their office. I heard it was uh, Wednesday. I got a text message that said, um, "That said, hey Dakota, you guys might have some news to report on Boss Hog of, of Liberty later because there was an application that was submitted by uh, was it the Calpine Group um, to the Zoning Commission for uh, zoning some uh, some." Areas of agricultural land for wind farm development. So they're asking correct? for a commission, a commission approved use for a uh, a wind farm, uh, Big Blue River, which is uh, their developers have been in, in the area for a long time, and uh, potentially it is thirty eight uh, turbines to be constructed in northern Henry County. Uh, the I've not had the time. Uh, to be honest, to review the entire application, I've looked at it at the uh, at a high level, uh, but I've not had a chance to actually study the entire map or or go through all of it. Uh, just got filed this week, and like I said, I've been uh, been traveling for work. But it would be so in, uh, it wasn't Calpine. I was wrong. Well, it is it it, the, it is that group, uh, right, the but Calpine they have group. formed Big Blue River Wind Farm LLC in Houston, right. Texas. So that's the name of the development group. So that's who officially filed. Uh, and it would be in Fall Creek, Jefferson, Prairie, Henry, Harrison, and Greensboro Township. So 38 sites, uh, meaning foundations and, and uh, turbines with uh, 38, uh, 38 windmills. 38 windmills being, uh, being constructed. Um, there are a potential of, uh, in, the, in their application, of five different uh, turbines. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywhere between uh, 200 and... 69 feet and 302 feet tall uh, with blades. Uh, basically, the entire height of the thing would be under 500 feet. 500 yeah. feet to 492 feet. 500 on feet is the, is the maximum that they would get uh, here. So they're basically, they're keeping their options open. The reason they've got all of the potentials in there is I think they probably would competitively bid uh, all of these different manufacturers and then they spec out what they would actually put in in that. So... Uh, it's not entirely decided, but now what's happening is they filed this application, uh, and it will go. And I don't think they've had a hearing scheduled yet, but they've basically filed an application, and it will go before the planning commission. And that seven-member group will decide if they're going to approve a commission-approved use. Yep. If it gets through that, it would then go to the county commissioners, who would then have uh, to decide to accept or reject the commission approved use if it had come through the planning commission at that point they would have the zoning approved to uh, to construct something at that point there are uh four mile buffer zones 
around certain towns, including Cadiz, which is where a lot of these are, right? Um, which would then probably trigger a lawsuit. Wouldn't you think that? Do you think that their application, which I know that we haven't looked through it extensively yet, but I would think that the application that they send in for the different sites, uh, this for the wind farm project, what would they not already uh, take into consideration those four mile buffer zones for the different site plans? Um, but they, I would imagine that since uh, technically it is state law because these people are grandfathered in that, uh, or the, the townships that set the four mile buffer zone, they are grandfathered into this, uh, to this wall that they can't have the wind farms there. I would think that they would just not fight it. Um, I mean, it's state law, right? Yeah, I think I, I mean, think what you're going to see happen is is this is the, the potentially the the planning commission will have grounds to deny it based upon it not being consistent with local ordinances. Mm-hmm. That would be a grounds for them to vote to vote no on on the uh, on the use. That's that's the first possibility. If it gets all the way through the council or through the through the planning commission and through the commissioners, then at that point, I think there would probably be grounds for a legal challenge, and we'll see what happens. Um, if that doesn't happen, then at that point, and they, and they get constructed. Uh, by the way, I haven't talked about the financial side of this at all. But if they got constructed, then this the towns could then go in and start right. citing people. It's not a criminal citation; it's a it's a civil citation, I believe. My it's question like just is: ticket. we don't know. Uh, I I haven't seen the sites of the thirty eight build sites. If they are actually inside of those four mile buffer zones or not, because then. Um, that makes it to where, um, there's not, there's not that big of an argument based on zoning on the zoning commission side of things, right? If, if the land is already zoned that way and they are legally allowed to do it, um, because if they are, then what's, uh, what's the zoning commission's argument as far as just straight up, uh, zoning regulations go? I believe there are three different uh, metrics that they use when they uh, when they make their determination, um, and if it's uh, some of them are, are somewhat arbitrary, so they can uh, they can basically just say, you know what, we're not doing it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Essentially, right. I mean, they 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 have enough leeway to say, yeah, I don't think it's uh, consistent with what we want to do here, uh, but I think it would be a very easy justification if they wanted to. Uh, to say no, uh, some of these are within the four miles, and we're rejecting it for that reason. Right? Um, yeah, I think so too. That's a very simple out. Uh, and as we're as we're looking at this here, I'm trying to uh, trying to pull up the PDF and actually get you uh, get you some geography. There is basically a three page topographic map that was uh, submitted with the application. Um, but and what we're gonna do here? You keep touching my screen like it's going to I wasn't touching. I was just counting. You had one map pulled up, and it had um, some marks of the wind turbines, and uh, there were only eight of them on that map. So Yeah, well, it's a three-page uh, three page deal. We're going to try. We're, as, we're, as we're tap dancing here, uh, we are going to try. If Young Guffy was here, it would make it a little bit easier. Uh, you know, this is, this is old school, like we said. Part-time producer. We're, we're, we're going as we uh, – you brought us down this rabbit hole. You, you painted mm-hmm. us into this corner and – I am going to do my best. That's a pretty important story. We've, I'm going to we've do my about, best to, get, I mean, uh, to, to answer the question that you asked that's incredibly technical. We talked about windmills so much that uh, we put one in the logo. 
So <laughs> that was that was existing. <laughs> uh, but I I I I think it's really interesting that they're go ahead that they're just going ahead and applying for the application. They didn't. Um, because typically they would have sought an abatement before they applied for the application for uh, the zoning permits, right? So this is this is a an item of contention that we've uh, we've seen. Uh, people have said, well, they've never they've never built one of these without a tax abatement, and then it became, well, they have because Jay County, there's a project in Jay County, and those guys didn't get an abatement. Jay County, in fact, did get a tax abatement in November of last year. That that hundred and fifty million dollar project, it's called this. Our project here in Henry County would be called the uh, the Big Blue River project. That one is called Bitter Ridge, uh, and Bitter Ridge did receive a ten year tax abatement. Um, we are trying to. Uh, it, it appears that on on the maps that they gave out, and all of this is that you can find it on Henry County's website. But it appears that they have a. Uh, black dotted lines around each turbine the um the buffer zone for that specific turbine i i just saw um on the map the town of caddis and some of them were actually uh it seemed like close proximity yeah that's that's what i was getting ready to uh getting ready to work out here for you but uh we're efforting it's such a large document because of the uh, the image files that are inside of it that it, it takes a while to, to load. Yeah, they're definitely within four miles of the town of Caddis. Yeah, uh, so they, they didn't include those four-mile buffer zones in their application for the uh, uh, for their application to the zoning commission. I don't know. They're closed. Upon, they, upon they my review, uh, BR <laughs> uh, – Turbine Foundation BR12 and Site BR13 are definitely within uh, within that range, and BR23. There's uh there's one just north of the old peaking plant there, so we can, yep. we, can we can do a little I can do a little distance measurement here as we uh you, you yeah can, do you, that for me because that the uh, the one in Cat is is the one that's interesting because it's I don't know we'll see I. I was a person that thought that if if there were enough votes on the council that would deny an abatement, then they would never even pursue looking at Henry County as having potential for growth in the wind industry. But I'm very shocked to learn that that is not the case. Uh, well, I think it's probably a decision that they're making that you say, okay, I've gone this far. They may try to call the bluff of the community and say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to try anyway. I'm going to try and, and get this, uh, get the abatement and get my capacity proof use. And then once everybody's just kind of said, okay, well, it's happening. Let's, uh, let's go for it. Uh, 5,000 feet, uh, which is just, uh, that's not, that's uh, definitely not four miles outside no. of Caddis. <laughs> so yeah, 5,000 5, feet uh, west essentially is the, uh, is the rough estimate I've got here. Uh, wow. So yeah, not four miles. Definitely, definitely in violation of that. So they didn't even include that in the, uh, yeah. And I didn't think they did in the original, once, once you see the uh, site plan here, that's interesting to me. I wonder why they wouldn't, why they wouldn't take that into account. Um, why they wouldn't take that law into account whenever they decided the, the plots of land that they were going to use for windmills, because they knew it was just going to cause legal trouble for them. 
right? Yeah. Once again, I think it's going to be very interesting to see uh, to see what comes out of the planning commission. The planning, if the planning commission says no, then it doesn't move forward at all. But I guess if it does get approved there, then at that point you say, well, maybe they'll sue. Maybe maybe they'll 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 sue, and then you know who knows. But if they get the approval and I think no matter what's going to happen, this is probably going to end up in court, regardless. Yeah, I think I think ultimately that's where the uh, where your decision is going to be, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, the wind the wind company definitely has deeper pockets. We I teased think. something a moment ago that you're going to go to. The I'm going to go. I'm going to go see how long Dakota does. All right. I mean, I can I can talk about other things. Uh, let's talk about YouTube talk about the weather. <laughs> talk about. Well, today it was nice and sunny, a high of eighty-eight degrees, and I was I was outside all day working outside. Uh, it was it was a good time. Uh, I one of the things that I talked about at the beginning of the show that uh, Jeremiah didn't have scribbled down on his page of notes was um, this uh, this controversy with the Vox Apocalypse uh, with Stephen Crowder and uh, a Vox reporter. Um, it was. It's a, been a big controversy that's been going on um, on in the Twitter sphere because Stephen Crowder apparently went on a rant about Antifa, and there is a reporter on Vox um, that his name is his last name is Maza, and I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, Carlos Maza, um, and he called him a a, a queer. Lispy Mexican is what he is what he called this uh, Carlos Maza, and uh, he was also wearing a T-shirt that had Che Guevara on it, and it said "Socialism is for." And then it was supposed to look like it said "fags," but it had a fig tree leaf where the A is supposed to be. And I guess Che Guevara, there's a connection there between him and fig trees. So it was supposed to be kind of this little joke where it I'm, actually I'm back. Figs. You're talking about yes. Mazda versus figs. This is the Mazda car yes, company the Mazda, versus, the, versus Mazda the Fig versus Corporation. Figs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about Steven Crowder and uh, Carlos Mazda on uh, the, and this big fight that's been going on with YouTube. So he calls him a queer, lispy Mexican. And that, that is, is a bad choice during... Uh, yeah, and I wish I wish Chris was here and I could play the audio of how he said it because if if you don't know, uh, it's Pride Month. St- <laughs> Stephen Crowder, his show Ladder with Crowder is a, a YouTube channel, and he does a like conservative David Letterman, Johnny Carson type late night show vibe uh, on YouTube. Boy, can you reference any more shows that are off the air? No. <laughs> um, I'll reference one on the air, Stephen Colbert. Except it's like a it's like a conservative version of uh, what the now all of the late night shows are uh, typically left leaning hosts that just try to dig on uh, conservative viewpoints a lot. So he he took the other side, and he's uh, his occupation beforehand was as a stand up comedian, right? So he's making this joke, and he's like, um, he's like in this queer lisp heavy Mexican over on Vox and it's supposed to be a joke definitely not a joke to Carlos Maza who is very uh, open uh, about his sexuality he's uh, he's not like he's trying to hide that he's a, a gay man in America and uh, it's not like he's a reporter that has a lisp that uh, somehow no one knows he has a lisp because he does videos right so 
he didn't say anything that was like trying to oust him in any way, but it, I can see how it would be offensive for sure. Um, anyway, Carlos gets very upset, very, very upset starts a Twitter storm and he is, uh, trying to call on YouTube to totally deplatform Steven Crowder and YouTube sends him an email and says that upon further review, Steven Crowder's video does not violate our terms of service in any way. We just want to weaponize he will social remain. media against people. This right. is, this is the move now in the last couple right. of years. So he, he, he tried says, to get somebody deplatformed. He says, uh, he, he posts this email that he got from YouTube that says that Steven Crowder was okay. And he posts it to Twitter and starts up a fiery, uh, storm against Steven Crowder and YouTube. YouTube quickly realizes that this was not the best PR all of, move. All of the targets are on them now, and yes. they're the problem. So, and Google got afraid. They decide that they are going to demonetize Steven Crowder's YouTube channel. Joke's on you, YouTube. We're not monetized. We can say what we want. <laughs> That's right. We take private money. <laughs> Thank you, Patreon. So, they, they tell Steven Crowder, uh, because of this incident, you're your way of making a livelihood and an income for you and your family is gone because of uh, these words that you said on our platform. Um, Yeah. This is all happening today. This is, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a developing story. Um, but it's been an interesting story because there's been a lot of different, uh, conversations about, uh, you know, this is obviously violating, some sort of speech and freedom of speech, just general rule for society that we have in our heads because we've grown up in America where we have this amazing freedom of speech in the First Amendment. You have the freedom of speech, but then you don't own that platform. Right, but then it's this company says... They have a policy. Not here. But the problem is is if they're arbitrary... Yeah. They're not. They're not following the rules. fact that they flip flopped. I right. think is the biggest problem here. They they first said nah, this is okay, and then they said, well, now that you're mad at us, it's not. So then that's leading to people saying, well, we need to regulate YouTube, right? Which so, is what we always we always go to this, and we have to break up Microsoft. They're too strong and pop- popular, right? Now we have to split Facebook up. We have to. We have to deal with YouTube. They're too big and powerful. There's. We should have more than one company that does what YouTube does. It's an interesting argument. I think they have the, to be regulated like a utility is what you yeah, told, what you're, they, you're reporting. The argument is that um, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube uh, they have they have become public squares where everyone is on them. Everyone uses them, and if you start restricting the speech, then you are restricting the speech of uh, a certain amount of the population. But a, but a public utility is it's not practical to build. You know, say um, a power company or natural yeah. gas company yep. or a uh, telecommunications company. It's not practical to put the physical infrastructure in to come to your location. So we have a public utility that comes to your house and your home is served by Vectron Energy and your home is served by Four Letter Electric Company and your home is served by Municipal Water. Because it wouldn't make sense for Dakota and Jeremiah to start our own water company and run lines right next to the other company's water lines. Right. That's why we have a public utility. That's not what's happening with YouTube. You, we could start an alternate video platform. But the the counter argument to that is Facebook. Facebook Live works as well as YouTube. Right. right. There are the, other ways. The to counter get out there. argument is like, yeah, 
you can start another company, and we have other ones like uh, Vimeo, for example. Who the hell is on Vimeo? Have you ever pulled up Vimeo in lieu of YouTube to watch a, I, I used a Periscope video? for a week or two. <laughs> but here's the thing is, is that regulation actually going to be better? Is it just make you no, feel I better? Don't, is it I don't actually, think it is. You know, say we go in and we say, okay, yeah, we're going to regulate Facebook. So we're going to have some white shirt in, in Virginia that decides, well, you have to do this or you can't do this. Or, or you have these arbitrary rules. Well, if you want to be on Facebook, you have to tick these boxes and you have to right. get your Facebook application fee and you have to do all of this crap. I think, uh, I think one of the best arguments against the regulation of the tech companies, the big three that we were talking about, uh, would be – when when do you decide that this place has reached the level where it needs to be regulated? Or do you regulate the whole of the internet and say no platform at all on the internet can restrict the speech of any person? And, and it's uh, this and it's this weird dynamic because because a lot of these companies do have more left leaning um, people in power. Uh, left-leaning employees which they might not so they might the platform itself might not have a left-leaning bias because it is a platform but the employees that work there and review all of the uh all of the reports that are given there's still people involved they right? usually have left-leaning bias because they're i mean most of these people live in uh california and uh, left-leaning places so they just oh yeah that's offensive that that was calling a person a derogatory term based on his sexuality. Stephen Crowder's Stephen Crowder's gone, but you have this human element of error, and what they want to do is get away from it. I don't think personally, I don't think that this is going to be a problem for very much longer. As uh, artificial intelligence gets more and more advanced, we're already seeing it with the algorithms that Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube have. I think that uh, eventually there's not going to be that room for the human error on reviewing these certain things. But right now it's just not good enough. The the algorithms aren't good enough because they don't know how to dis- make the distinction between um, uh, Richard Spencer has a YouTube channel and he's doing YouTube videos and he's saying that he hates black people. And then Richard Spencer is doing an interview on a different show that is trying to debate his beliefs an algorithm can't distinguish between those two because they just say anything with Richard Spitzer Spencer is gone. Right. And that's, that's why whenever, uh, uh, Facebook came out and they banned Alex Jones and they said, unless you are specifically saying Alex Jones is horrible, you're going to have that post deleted or you're going to be banned or whatever. Um, it is because their algorithm just isn't smart enough to figure it out. Here's the problem with, with any of this censorship stuff is that it all gets looked at through the lens of the day and what was okay two years ago, all of a sudden you don't think is okay anymore. Um, You mentioned Conan O'Brien earlier, Stephen Colbert, Conan O'Brien, these late night hosts. Um, Today's the anniversary of D-Day too, by the way, 75 years ago, the, uh, the Americans landed in, uh, in Normandy. Um, I was listening to Conan and he recently on his podcast had Bob Newhart on. One of my absolute favorites. Bob is 90 years old. Uh, his best friend was a guy named Don Rickles, who was a stand-up comic. I didn't know he was still alive. Bob Newhart's still alive. Don Rickles died a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, Rickles was uh, an absolute 
he was a comic of a different era. And even in the 60s, even in the 70s and 80s, he was making jokes about uh, anybody that was different than him. And it, I listened uh, on, on Conan's podcast, and then that got me to actually go out and get the uh, Hey Bob, Hi Bob on Amazon uh, Audible, which is about a four-hour-long uh, podcast-type audiobook with Bob right, Newhart. Yeah. And he's sitting down and talking to a bunch of these different comedians. So a lot of it's with Conan. Uh, and they got into this conversation about Don Rickles, and th- he almost got a pass at the time. And I, I think about somebody like him now, and he's the kind of guy that would have gotten deplatformed because he would have made jokes about people that had a different religion than him, or a different sexual orientation than him, or a different you know if you're not Jewish or you know, if you were Catholic or Jewish or I- uh, Italian or Irish, all of these different things that in the fifties and sixties and seventies that used to get joked about. Um, I just don't want to live in that world where we can't make these decisions for ourselves. No, and and the reason that I pointed out that uh, Crowder's show, Ladder with Crowder, is this late night type show, and that he was a stand up comedian before, is um, can't remember who the writer was, but basically said that um, the jester is the only one who can tell the truth to the king. So that is the role of the comic in our society is to point out these uh, these things that we aren't comfortable talking about with people and strangers in our daily lives, but they can point out these things on the stage and we laugh at it and we're like, oh, wow, that is a ridiculous thing that is in our society. And all this, what you were just talking about, reminds me of a... Uh, a uh, sketch on a sketch a sketch on Chappelle's show, and it was Dave Chappelle. He brought up this. Um, he he said, "No one's going to listen to me and my ideas," and they would get offended. But if they come out of the mouth of a young, pretty white female, then no one can be mad. So he brought up this pretty white female that was going to sing the stuff that he wrote on note cards, and it was like, "Police are." Uh, discriminating against black males in society. And um, there was one that was like, the CIA is the one that uh, distributed crack cocaine into black (laughs) neighborhoods in Detroit. And she's singing it in like an opera tone. And it's this hilarious bit that is like, um, who really can tell the truth in our society if we get if we get rid of the comedians that are trying to make jokes about it, and if you do say something about it, then you just get mobbed by everyone on Twitter. And then in this case of Steven Crowder, your entire way of making money for your family is ripped out from underneath you. Yeah. It's a big deal. I mean, I don't like how this is getting weaponized. I I really don't. Um, But the, but on the flip side, this Carlos Maza guy, it is it is painfully obvious to me that he is viewing the way that he is portrayed by someone like Steven Crowder, who has a totally opposite viewpoint as him, and the way he is being portrayed on um, these other platforms as a total weapon against him personally. So he gets on Twitter where he knows that in his bubble, his people love him and he's going to complain about it to his bubble and they will have his back and defend him. You're in your echo chamber. Yeah. The internet for these people has become their entire world. It's, it's this weird thing that we have got going on in our society. So we will stay tuned, (laughs) stay tuned to fig Newton versus Mazda. (laughs) I could talk about this for hours. (laughs) I get, I, because I see these things and I get so frustrated with, 
with social media in general. That's why I stay off of Twitter because I can't stand it. We are the worst Twitterers. We do not Twitter very often. I, we, we, we hardly tweet. I'm, I do much more than you do. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm very much just watching it for, uh, basically for um, IndyCar news someone, and, and Colts news. Dan Cummins has a joke that says every time that he feels good about humanity or himself, he just opens up Facebook and he scrolls until he's pissed <laughs> off again. That's me, but with Twitter. That's Facebook, it. I'm I'm okay to deal with, but Twitter just makes me angry every time. So I, I do want to get back. I started the uh, the D Day comment and talked about Don Rickles, uh, and I didn't know it, but I heard out on the I heard on that High Bob audiobook that uh, Rickles was actually a bomber pilot, and he was in D Day. So he was wow. the third. He was the third pilot in, and and Newhart was talking about him. He's like, yeah, you know, think guys like that, you'd think that well, they would have just you know you'd get a government check and be able to go on and. You know, hey, you've done enough for the country. Thank you so much. You can do what you want. And instead, you know, they go on to these amazing careers. But it was a different era and different. Those those guys are just phenomenal. And you know, seventy five years ago today, I I remember twenty uh twenty five years ago, I guess the fiftieth anniversary with uh with Clinton uh going over and having uh having memories there. And now this is this is the last big one that you're going to have the actual veterans there. So. This morning yeah. I woke up and I'm sitting in a Hampton Inn in Louisville, Kentucky and watching the CBS news. And it's about one o'clock and they're having services in the cemetery at Normandy, uh, right on the cliffs. Um, and you've got veterans there that served in world war two, 75 years the, ago, uh, they were bought, they were there. So they're in there, you know, if they were your age when they served, they're 95, 97, 98, yep. 99 years old. Do you see the, uh, 90 some year old man that, that parachuted down onto the beaches. 97. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. That it's, that was awesome. And he's like, it was a perfect day to jump. Loved it. <laughs> I did it again. And I was like, Whoa, what a man. Like, that's, that's really cool. It is 97 year old, 97 years old. And he's the, the most manly man that's on the planet. Like he is, uh, he should be the guy that's doing the Dos Equis commercials. <laughs> most interesting man in the world. 97 years old and parachuted down onto the beaches of Normandy, just like he did when he was 22. It's an amazing thing. It's crazy. That's, uh, that's amazing. After you're done watching the show tonight, go, uh, go watch band of brothers. Just go, yeah. go check it out. Um, Ed Bell had a good post about his dad, uh, Ed Bell, friend of the show, local I'm, legend, I'm call him. Yeah, local legend, um, farmer in Hagerstown of at Bell strawberry farm. You can go pick your own strawberries there. It's, it's the it's season cool right place. now. Yeah, we can't get we can't get beans in the ground, but they're, berries are ready. They're cheap and they're tasty, and they're, you get to pick them yourself. And it's a fun day with your lady. And do you pick them yourself? I just go by the ones they've already got picked. I don't actually go out there. It's fun to go myself. pick them yourself. Chris, part time producer cow, Chris Guffey's here. I see a ghost. But uh, anyway, Ed Bell had a really good post about his dad, and um, whenever. D-Day was happening. His dad was on a ship getting ready for an invasion in Japan. And he talked about how everyone talks about D-Day because all the reporters, he, this is his dad's words. And I'm going to paraphrase because I, I don't have it in front of me, but he's, he's like, uh, all the reporters talk about D-Day and not about us because the reporters could just go back to London and write their stories in a pub. Uh, I think that was funny. And uh, he just talked about the things that happened in World War II with 
every single one of the soldiers that was serving at that time isn't is a totally different world. It's a totally different landscape to even think about in this day and age. The fact that these guys were in some of them were in boats, some of them were coming down on parachutes, and they landed on a beach and they just ran. They ran towards uh, where the enemies were, and they were thousands on each side, and they were all firing at each other. They were all trying to kill each other right there on the beaches, and so many people died and lost their lives on both sides because of it. And luckily, uh, the Allies came came through. But I pulled, it's, I it's an amazing time here, uh, uh, that uh, that you referenced. Yes, and uh, <laughs> uh, basically, he said uh, they were in Saipan. And yeah. he said, every year on D-Day, Dad would respectfully say, these boys had it rough for sure, but nobody remembers Saipan. We fought just as hard there and took the same kind of losses. D-Day gets the press because none of these reporters wanted to risk getting t- torpedoed on a ship in the hot Pacific when they could write their stories in London in a bar full of girls. <laughs> <laughs> said his dad fought in 13 major battles in 18 months. That's, that's crazy. A, that's phenomenal. An 18-month deployment, that's a, a double deployment now, right, Chris? As Standard deployment is nine months? Okay. I Yeah. Nobody can hear what he said, so you have to repeat that into the, into the, uh, into the old speaker. But back then, there, I've been, Audrey and I have been watching stand-up comedy at night, which is why I keep co- referencing comment, comedy in uh, this episode. I'm glad you're, and, uh, I'm glad you're finally fun. Yeah, uh, but there was a, a another comic that was uh, talking about uh, PTSD and, um, oh, it might have been Dan Carlin. might have been one of his earlier bits, but he said, you know, it, it used to be called battle fatigue, and it was simple, and then the word got more complicated as the years go on. And you know that, ah, crap, I just lost the punchline. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Bad joke telling. <laughs> anyway, by Dakota. yes, it was a horrible joke telling. I lost the punchline. I think it's a Dan Carlin joke. Anywho, PTSD used to be called battle fatigue back in World War II, and they didn't know what caused it. Right? They just knew these guys are coming back from battle, and something was going on in their heads, but they weren't sure what it was. And now we have post-traumatic stress disorder, and we can totally we can pinpoint the areas of the brain that are more and least active as someone has gone through uh, horrific and tragic events and we can totally diagnose their, their mental health and we can try to get them back to normal as close to normal as what you can be. That in itself is an amazing testament to the, the way that our battlefield treatment and our uh, post treatment has improved throughout the years. It's probably think of some. It, I don't. Think I'm, of not, the, I'm not convinced that they're anywhere near where they need to be on that front at all. I don't think that they're anywhere where they need to be. But think about the guys that were coming home from Vietnam and just ignored. Yeah, I, I agree that uh, we have huge strides to go. But I think that if we look at the past and we continue to look towards the future, then we can see that there's going to be more great strides made for uh, future servicemen and women of the country. Well, <laughs> two things. I hope one, let's stop sending, let's stop, uh, let's stop making so many yeah. veterans in that way. Uh, I don't, I, you know, let's stop putting people in conflict, but two, 
uh, sure as hell don't want to be complacent because the, you know, it's, it's affected my family very, very much. Right. Uh, in, in military suicide and what happens, uh, there it's, it's absolutely horrible. Well, that, that's part uh, of the, not, that's it, part of the biggest issue is that there's not a single person that is in this room or has, or is even listening to this podcast that doesn't know at least one person that isn't seriously affected by, uh, something that they saw on the battlefield or that they experienced. It's everywhere. Yeah. So it, we, we do have great places to go and we need to get there. But like you said, the biggest thing that we can do to help in the future is to just stop sending them to die and to do these, to go on to battlefields and wars that we have no business being in. Yeah. Okay. Well, that heavy real quick. That got really intense. Uh, so yeah, but 75 years ago today. Um, all right. One last thing I wanted to get into today. Can't talk about D-Day without getting really intense. It's like the most intense battlefield mission that's ever happened in the history of the United States. You just, that's an intense moment in our history. It's going to be intense radio. One of the most important. If it's not intense, if you have a podcast and you don't get intense talking about D-Day, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, This week, uh, this is another developing story. Uh, Fair Oaks Dairy, which is a, the biggest dairy in, in the country. It's located in Newton County, Indiana, about halfway between Chicago and Indianapolis. Um, had a undercover video that was released online. Uh, as of last night, it had about a quarter of a million views on, on YouTube. Uh, and it was, uh, highlighting animal cruelty. Very, very touchy subject, uh, in, in the agricultural community. Uh, every, Everybody that I know that's in that industry, uh, not on the corporate big farm side, but on the local dairy side, on the local producer side, the family farmers that are in our area that I know um, are incredibly intense advocates for their animals. Yes. You know, we, we've, we've got a number of mutual friends that, that work very hard to take care of and keep their animals happy. So we see this video that came out this week from Fair Oaks and it was pretty rough. There were, there were people that were Fair Oaks is like I said, is the largest dairy. So it's a commercial operation. Um, and we saw pictures of, of animals that weren't eating that were instead of being coaxed, they were, you know, they were hit. There were, there were some rough treatment going on. There was a very, very explicit video from a whistleblower. Yep. From, Animal recovery, uh, yeah, and it, uh, ARM, yeah. So, so this group releases this video. Uh, immediately, people are like, "Whoa, this is not uh, this is not good." Uh, the farm today released a video saying that they have policies in place that uh, anybody that does anything with animal cruelty, uh, you're supposed to report it. And apparently, there were four employees that were shown on the video. Three of them had been reported at some point in the past and had all been dismissed. So the fourth individual had not yet been reported and was dismissed yesterday after the video came out. Uh, mm-hmm. And the company basically had a mea culpa saying, hey, our systems aren't working. We don't have cameras everywhere that there's animal versus people contact. And this isn't OK. And I, I looked One. at it and said, there's a couple things going on here. One. 
a whistleblower came in and now the market's working where this company's having to react. But two, it sounds like the farm's too big. Instead of yep. the people, yep. you know, instead of Cade, who we, you know, if you watch Cade's Snapchat, you see Cade out there delivering cows, rubbing on cows, taking care of his animals. He's the farmer. He's not a corporate farm. It's a family farm. And he's out there dealing with his animals and he doesn't have three levels of corporate management from the owner or the policymaker all the way down to the person that's touching the right. animal. And so I think that's Cade the breakdown has a, that we see. Cade has a real investment in his animals that are on his farm, right? And they need the, them. They know that the, the happier the animal is, the more comfortable the animal is, right. the better it's going to produce, the better life it's going to have, but also the more money it's going to make for them, the more productive yep. it's going to be. There's no incentive to abusing an animal. No. If if you are actually the guy that's making them that that's invested in it there, but if it's a line job and you're making 12 bucks an hour, all of a sudden you just yep. don't care. You really don't care. You have no investment in the livelihood of this animal. You're dealing with hundreds upon hundreds of them every single day. So they just become like a piece of plastic to you. It's just like any other it's a uh, widget. little job that anybody else has. And I, I saw some comments on uh, the the statement that um, Fair Oaks Farms put out and basically them apologizing. I didn't see the video. Uh, you were watching it before the show started. I didn't see, so I didn't get to chance to look through any of the comments, but I did see some like um, some people that were animal rights activists in the comment sections of their statement, and they were saying like, "Oh, uh, that this is totally representative of." Um, some of the BS that happens on all the farms around the country. And I'm like, hold on, take a step back and look and watch the video, like watch the video of when the animals were getting abused and look at, look at all the money that they had to spend on the housing for each of those calves. They, all of those calves had like their own individual big old like dog house shelter, right? right? And they each had their own individual pen. Uh, they had really good living conditions on that farm. I mean, compared to some of the videos you see coming from like South America and uh, China where a lot of grocery store meat comes from uh, that you buy places. Um, a lot of it comes from like places like Thailand and Taiwan. Anyway, that a lot of the videos that you get shown from other like animal rights activist organizations like PETA that show just horrible living conditions for the animals, they're not coming from the United States. I want to point, make that clear. Also in the video that uh, the ARM organization get handed out on Fair Oaks Dairy, their living conditions were very, very good with the exception of whenever the, those four employees were dealing with those animals, right? So... <sighs> The, the call to action in the film was no dairy. Yeah. Stop consuming animal products. It was arm investigations as a group. And basically they said, don't buy any milk. Don't buy any dairy products. Don't do this. You have the power. Go protest. No mas. And apparently there's a tie-in with Coca-Cola. They were telling people to, to protest Coca-Cola as well. Yeah. I don't entirely understand that connection. I didn't look into um, it. But they were basically trying to protest the dairy industry, protest that farm in particular, and in the Coca-Cola Corporation. That is not what should happen. Yes, Fair Oaks, it sounds like, has has had, has had an issue that's happened. They have some work to do. Um, 
and it sounds like they're taking corrective action. And they said today in their video they're going to install cameras everywhere. And they they admitted, hey, we made a bad decision. We wanted to trust our employees. Obviously, that was the wrong decision to make. Um, and they've got a management problem. Uh, they said that everybody takes an animal, animal everybody good. takes an animal cruelty class ahead of time before you ever get in yep. contact. And they've got a policy that says if anybody does anything to an animal, you get tossed. Um, and they had done that with three of the four. That said, there's a big difference between a big corporate farm and the family farm. Like I said, there, when when you have skin in the game, you your livelihood depends upon that cow, that calf producing, being happy, right? And and I I think that's that's the issue you have. That that's the the reality of it. Um, I agree. It's uh, it, it's difficult. <laughs> It's very I, difficult because you, if you say don't buy certain brands of milk or whatever, we know how how much trouble the dairy industry has had. We've we've talked about that in the last in the last year um, with Walmart, one of the biggest grocers in the country, uh, starting their own dairy operation and, and moving milk contracts. Um, this is not good. The answer is not to stop buying dairy. It I, is uh, yeah. absolutely not. Well. I don't, maybe I don't. maybe you can maybe you can boycott the Fair Oaks brand, but don't don't boycott the entire industry. I I don't even know why you would boycott the Fair Oaks brand. I don't think I I genuinely believe the the owner whenever he uh, gave out his statement and said like, "Whoa, this is this is bad," and I'm going to try to fix it. I yeah. genuinely believe that because uh, I noticed that there was. About uh, 15 minutes of footage in the video that they released, and they said that four they, minutes. I watched a 15 minute. Okay, I saw video a four minute video. That I I watched a full 15 minute video from Arm, and it was, uh, um, they started working there in like October of last year. So over these months, um, they caught these four employees, and that's those are the employees that they caught, and the company recognized, yeah, we had already fired three of those guys, right? Yep, that is the case. So, And the fourth was uh, was dismissed. I, I'm looking at Arm Investigations' website, and they literally only have a four-minute video with 341,000 views. I sent to the 15-minute one I watched. Well, I, uh, I don't know. It's been this, a was, this was like all edited. It looked very much like a PETA video where it had, uh, like it started off and it had like... Um, old news stories like old newscasters talking about an investigations happens in the dairy industry. And then they go into their uh, little video. Part of the video I watched was also that they, Fair Oaks farms claims to never send their male calves to veal. Um, yeah. And then they said that they, followed, they followed a truck. I don't know. I, I did not get to watch the entire Fair Oaks response seems video today. It seems strange to me. Because veal is pretty normal. You go to a lot of restaurants, you see it. Why in the world would they say that they don't send calves to be processed at veal processing plants and lie about it if veal is pretty much just an accepted thing in our culture? Why lie about it at that point? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's uh, I, I can't answer that one. I don't know enough on that one. Um I don't either. Veal Parmesan is a very popular dish, at least when I was a kid. I don't think I've had veal in a long time since then. I've never had veal. But, uh, oh, well, aren't you just pure as a wind-driven snow? Never, never 
you, seemed very. You've never consumed a baby animal. I thought. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> never, never seemed appealing to me. I, I've hunted deer since I was a little kid, and I've seen a lot of little baby fawns with their mamas, and I'm like, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's need, enough of this. Can't eat a baby if you're pro-life. I guess. <laughs> I guess it's time for final thoughts. Um, looking around the room, it's remarkably empty, except for Chris Guffey, who shut up but hasn't gone to a microphone. So I assume he's just simply going to uh, sit here and do nothing. Guffey, are you? Uh, do you have a report? You were out campaigning tonight, or or being a candidate? Did you uh, Did you attend a meeting that was worthwhile? Did you learn anything? Uh, we had. I attended the stellar meeting. No, you're good. You don't have to zoom out. Nobody wants to see my face anyways. Anyways, uh, attended the Stellar meeting that was open to the public. Uh, started at 6.30. Were you in Knightstown? Where were you? No, we were here in town at the local chambers. The city council chambers. Don't talk so close to it. I'm trying to help you, but you're just chasing it down like no. a lost puppy. Yeah. Anyways, um, so we had a meeting open to the public. Um, just kind of wanted ideas about... What did the public want? What was some assets that we could spend the Stellar Grant if we get? Uh, for the people that are listening and don't know, we are a top four finalist in the Stellar Grant program. The Henry County community basically the, is a yes. massive Henry, $20 million. Henry County, Knightstown, um, and Newcastle are all as Making a region. the rest of life the best of life. No, we're self, safe and welcome. Safe and welcome. It's the it's a massive twenty million dollar ochre grant that Could uh, be. that will go to two of four communities. Wrong. Finalists. You're wrong. Already. That's not the case. No, it's just one now. I so, thought it was two. No, so see, it used to be that way. Uh, two years ago, it was that it was individual cities, and then to uh, last year they moved to regionals, and so and then this year they brought it in, and now it is. So the top four finalists, um, they're all going to get some money. Yes. So even if we don't win, which the way it sounds is very unlikely that we don't because Kathy Hamilton, Dr. Kathy Hamilton has put put in tremendous work. Kenan Gray has put in tremendous work. All these people have put in tremendous work into this. And, um, anyway, so if we, even if we don't win, we get $333,000 to split between Henry County, Newcastle, Knightstown with, plans that we have in are, are currently making June for July 1st is the deadline for that. Um, now if we win, it's 22 million and then the other competitors get their 333,000 to split. So, okay. But so um, what, what'd you learn tonight? Skate park is a, is a big issue. Um, they want to expand that. Uh, Patty Broyles brought it up and, my my cousin Jonathan Latham was there. Uh, one of the Pointer brothers was there to make points and discuss about how we can expand this and how much how much business like the the city and the county gets from this um, because people from Ohio come, Kentucky, Illinois, Michigan, North Carolina. Patty said she saw somebody with the license plates from Alaska. Um, uh, people from Richmond are coming to our skate park instead of going to theirs. So. Um, it, it says a lot and they want to do, they want to expand it. It's currently at like 14,000 square feet and they, I think it was an extra 4,000 or 8,000 square feet. You have to be, have to double check that, but they want to make it more street and beginner friendly. So yeah, I definitely need it beginner friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and you know, 
I'd like to I'd like to learn how to skateboard before I'm forty. So Mayor York, let's go. The clock's ticking. Mayor York kind of agreed with that. He wants it more towards the beginners. Um, Did you try to get hmm. Mayor York to try to? Maybe he and I can learn together. We'll get Stephen to teach the two of us. Oh, I bet I didn't even think of Greg that. and Jer learned to skateboard. We will cover that. But no, uh, so there was that. Um, We're going to need an EMS standing by. Yeah, There was EMS list, want list on there. This is the fire department had a want list, the police department. Um, is that kind of the issue with the, the Stellagran is that a lot of different people found out we were one of the finalists. So everybody came up with their own idea of what they wanted it to go towards or yes and no, but I mean, everybody the, wants their own slice of the pie, I guess. Yeah. But, but the stellar coordinator said to go wider and deeper. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we're asking the public what they want, you know, uh, and I mean, the theme is safe and welcome. So they want, we already have some of the best people working for us as far as fire department, EMS, you know, police department. So we need to provide them with the gear that makes them the best. Uh, I learned today that the Newcastle City Fire Department cannot communicate with anybody in the county, any other. They can't communicate with the police department by radio. Uh, I think they may be able to get to dispatch, but I think that's it. They cannot communicate with EMS, the police, nothing. Everybody else has changed radios and they haven't. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody else has been updated and there's, exactly. they're, they're left behind. Yeah, and I, I just found that out today. So Henry, they Henry County's a, everybody else basically updated about a year and a half ago, two years mm-hmm. ago, uh, because they had massive areas where they couldn't reach. I think they they did a study, and I don't think before they made their latest upgrade that they could work in one of the high schools. I think Shenandoah wow. maybe they didn't they didn't have any sort of ability to have radio communications in that school. That's a major safety concern. Yeah, exactly. So I think it was it's fixed now. Uh, but when they it? made that change, I think that's probably what disconnected them from the fire department. So the oh, fire department also needs saying. to get on yeah. this. Pro- you know, yeah, so I they, understand now. They made this upgrade, and now now the fire department's the last one on the old legacy stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're actually upgrading to a different radio system. Uh, we're installing the towers now. Um, so that's going to be upgraded, and the police chief wanted installing new radios. Towers. Yeah, like different towers, like different frequencies. Uh, they also wanted something kind of like for any of the vets out there. It's called Blue Force Tracker. It's... Um, it's software that they already, it's a software update for something that they already have, I believe. And what it allows is you to track the individual. So even if say their radio goes down, you still have, you still know where they're at because it'll show up on your, your computer screen, any computer, you can look it up off any of the services. Dispatch can look and say, you know, they, they hear an officer shot, but they're not exactly sure where they're at. They can they can pull them up on the system and, you know, or any emergency. I guess I shouldn't say police shot because we did have a officer shot here. Brandy. Sorry. But no. And then uh, let's see what else was there. There was a few good ideas. Um, the Castle Theater got brought up um, to show movies and be the more mayor like said a that he was going to move forward with the Castle Theater, whether they got the Stella Grant or not. So I think if we do get the Stella Grant, since he was so bold to say that, we shouldn't let him use any of the money towards that. Mm, well, it's not going to be our decision. That's the problem. So, Well, what? if I w- was the one in charge of Mayor York, <laughs> then I, that's what I would make so. the, as the rule. 
But um, I, I think, and Kathy Hamilton said something is, so they'll, they're going to develop a list and then if. And check it twice, going to find out. Who's naughty or nice. <laughs> no. Uh, and then they send it off to Indianapolis and Indianapolis will kind of narrow it down. If I remember correctly, that's what she said. Zach, so they send it Z- to a third neutral yes, party. Yes, yes. And they will decide okay. what's what's best. Um, sidewalks was a hot button top uh, subject topic. Um, now, side ADA. Fa- or sidewalks, sidewalks or uh, asphalt walkways? Sidewalks. <laughs> I, would, I, would <laughs> love, I would love for any sort of a pathway to extend from Southview to the south terminus of Newcastle, Indiana, on, um, on the main street. I will say that Aaron Dickin Dickin talked about annexing the first house in White Estates into the city. Just the first house? Just the first house. So, I say... Uh, why uh, why we're the gonna, first house? And we're going to turn the pool that is at that house into a community pool. So just the first house, just the first house. Thank God I own the fifth house. Well, Dickon, you're wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but no. And then, um, uh, it sounds, that sounds very Venezuelan of him. Yes. Yes. Anyways, uh, a, a water tower to the West of town. Socialism is for figs. <laughs> a water- <laughs> you gotta watch the first part of the show to get that reference. Uh, yeah. I'll have to go back. Dang it. Uh, anyways, a uh, water tower to the West of town to supply, um, city utilities out that way because there's Westwood's one of them. Well, is according to the mayor, uh, the most expensive school to operate because they're on their own well, water he, and they're he on would septic. Know. He's and, out there often. Pretty only much, it's pretty always, much, pretty much every night. It's a vacation home. <laughs> he lives on just like, a, <laughs> just like a Jerry from parks and rec has a vacation home in Muncie, Indiana. And, you know, that mayor York's is in Westwood. <laughs> But uh, so th- th- they've talked about that. Um, I think just for the tower and the base that they want underneath, it's going to be like, I think they said just north of $1 million. I mean, it costs uh, 40 grand for a bathroom. Why not spend a million dollars on a water tower? Hey. But <laughs> so <laughs> it seems, it's a, I mean, th- we listen, already, I guess we already, can't just, b- Bob's building company can't make a water tower. It needs to be an engineered structure and there yeah. are costs associated. It, it, yeah. It's not well, cheap. I, I did. I do remember seeing an a article in the courier times about the uh, poor shape that one of the water towers around town was in. Don't remember. don't remember all that was said in it. It was a couple years ago, so it's probably uh, even even worse shape now. Maybe we updated it. <laughs> maybe we don't know. That was prior to the Stellar Grant, though. Yes, making um, the rest of life the best life. <laughs> so, um, and they were they were wanting to backdate to the 2013 uh, draft that we sent in as well to just show that we have, you know, we had plans and we have. It knocked off some of the the things that we wanted. Um, so, all right. Well, very good. Thank you for joining us, Christopher. Yeah, no problem, man. I only came for the. You came the, for the food. I came. Your wife tagged me as I was in that meeting. She goes, "Hey, there's beef roast and green beans <laughs> there. As long as Jeremiah's there." I swung down, saw Dakota's car, and knew I was in the clear. You knew the food was still here. Very good. You got any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, actually. Uh, for all the young people, 20, 40, even older, but really the 20, 40-year-olds, man, we we need to get involved in this. Um, reach out to me. Uh, in the Stellar program? In the community. Just not even not even just the Stellar program, but just in the community. We need to, we need to show that we're ready to take control, that we're ready to make this town our own. Um, that way 
when we are 40 and 50 and 60 years old, 60 year olds, you know, we have our own kids or grandkids, or in my case, it's seeming like some BA nephews and nieces <laughs> and some godchildren, you know, it's that way we can show them be like, Hey, look, we, we, we did our best to help you out. We're, you know, we were, we weren't thinking of ourselves the whole time. We we're thinking of what we can do to ensure a better future for you guys. Very good. Dakota, you got final thoughts? Mm, I didn't have any final thoughts. This You got to promote something. That's true. Um, I First of all, I want to say that the uh, Libertarian Party of Henry County has always had our meetings at the headquarters on the second Sunday of the month. Uh, that would be this coming Sunday. That meeting has been canceled. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, why? Um, well, I'm busy. I'll be in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. And the second, second in command presiding officer backed out. I'm very disappointed in both those people. He has a, uh, he has a, a, a commitment. I will be out of town. Lies. I will. So that meeting is canceled. If you're looking forward to coming to it, then can we move the date? You're straight out of luck. We can. Yeah. I, I think the chairman would have the opportunity to, uh, to call an emergency meeting if necessary, if there's a- action that's required. It's true. Do I do have, have that power? Do I have action that is required? So we will get to, we'll get back to that. But that's that that's that uh, announcement. And then Dakota, you and I the other yeah the other thing we need to promote. It is, was in the paper. This is very official. June twelfth, two thousand nineteen. Jeremiah and I, uh, the hosts of the Boss Talk of Liberty podcast, which you are listening to right now, are presenting a class on civics and community engagement. Adulting get that right? We're teaching an adulting class. Congratulations. Well, the, you have the whole, the whole package is adulting, but our section is civics and community engagement. Yes. Are you that unprepared? Are you, are, you, are you going to go in there and talk about how to change a tire, and they're going to be like, what does this have to do with community engagement? So they're going <laughs> to have a class that's going to teach, uh, teach about finances. They're going to have a class that teaches about is it Dave Ramsey? Autom- automotives. And mm-hmm. they're going to have... Uh, Dave Ramsey's not going to be there. They're, they're <laughs> going to have you and I teach about how, uh, how a bill becomes a law or how, why elections matter or why, what... I'm in what, executive order, <laughs> and I pretty much just happen... <laughs> Who the, what the difference between Kim Cronk and Greg York is? What what, what right. do all these people, these names we throw around, what do they all mean? So you and I are going to get to sit down with uh, with some young adults in a Purdue University extension sanctioned. Might need class. to take this class myself. People have paid money to attend. Are you kidding me? And they're gonna they're gonna hear us, <laughs> and they're gonna hear you guys. And we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna make it fun. <laughs> Sorry, folks. We're gonna have some question and answer, and then if we run out of time, we're gonna say, "Okay, everybody, follow us. We're gonna go show you a real podcast." Ah, right, Newcastle, <laughs> have a good night. <sighs> so that's gonna be fun, Dakota. Question what? in this class: How many? I want to make a bet. How many people does Jeremiah bully? Every single one of them, 100% of the class. So, so we, all right. Real Unless quick. there's a person with a physical disability, real, then he'll bully all of them. Real quick, we did a, uh, for uh, work, we did a customer service training thing yesterday, and we got into these little quadrants based upon your, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, and then how you, uh, how yeah. you behave and what you do. And, uh, and then they start handing out these little notes about, um, about your personality. 
And and one of the uh, I was in the yellow group, whatever the hell that was. And, <laughs> Extremely and, aggressive. And it said and and they gave it they gave a card to somebody in my group, but it was a description of your of you and one of your traits. And it was um uh persistent or uh persu- it was persuasive. And I took it from the guy. And I'm like, took it and I'm like that's me. I'm taking that one. Persuasive. I don't know if you're persuasive. You just beat us down until we can't say no anymore. Uh, yeah. You had it on the nose with persistent. Persistent. Yeah. Persuasive. Yeah. I, listen. You're persuasive because you're I've, persistent. I've shown up at your house once since you moved into that new house. Mm-hmm. Guffy showed up at my house three times in the last week, so I don't know who's more persistent. Only because you asked. <laughs> Only because he was the one that was exactly. being persistent. He goes, he goes, hey, look at this trailer plug. I'm like, that's no. That was bait. So that was that was, <laughs> was literally like, that, me laying bait. That just no. I need to change that. He's like, all right. So I go over and change it. And he's like, hey, what do you think about these here lots? <laughs> what? Let's change them. All right. I got my stuff Listen, already. Chris, you have to learn that it's okay to say no. You know what I'm just going to start doing? It's just saying no. Leave him on unread. <laughs> Unless there's. I can't. I can't though because anytime I go there, generally when you come over, there's food. Involved. There's food, and and you like a good home cooked. I do like home cooked food. Fast food gets boring. No, just say I don't have time. Sorry, he has time. Pretty easy. Right. <laughs> That's enough. Not of this. when food's involved. Uh, it's just been fun. We yeah. uh, we suffered through it. We made one. it together. You we did. had no official show notes. We had literally had what I scribbled on the back of last week's notes. Uh, Dakota had a hellacious. Pretty much week. knew what we were going to talk about though. Yeah, you did. Sure. Sure we did. We, we, we did generally talk. Like, we had yeah. we had a little bit of a running thing. After no doing this so much, you can just watch the news and be like, that's what we're going to yeah, talk about. I know what the show's going to be. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, it's been fun. I look forward to producer Chris getting over to his desk and pressing the stop button because uh, it's all over. It's done. We've had fun. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.